0: Welcome to Understand Suicide, the podcast of journalist and therapist Paula Fontanelli. Since her father's suicide in 2005, Paula has dedicated her life to breaking the silence around this most stigmatized of subjects. Her book, Understanding Suicide: Living with Loss, Paths to Prevention, was nominated for the National Book Award in Brazil, and the English edition is now available on Amazon. My guest today is Doree D'Angelo, she's from Oregon, she lived here all her life. She's 67 years old, beautiful purple hair, I have to say that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I hope my hair can pick up that color when I'm 67. (laughs) She has had a history of mental health in her family and herself. She's been fighting with her for as long as she can remember. She did attempt suicide a few times, and today we're going to talk about her journey and how she found meaning in her life. So thank you for being here, Doreen. Thank you for inviting me. Can you tell me a little bit about your story when you were a little kid, your family, just so we get a little bit of your
1: background? My mother was 14. I have to refer to her as my birth mother because we did not have a good relationship from the day I was born. She did not want to have me and let me know very vocally over the years. Um, I went through a lot of abuse because of that and had very low Mm self-esteem, no self-worth.
0: During her childhood, Dori struggled in a home that didn't feel safe to her. Her mother had issues of her own and could not meet her daughter's needs. But outside that reality, she found comfort in her grandmother, who always made an effort to spend time with her. Dori remembers that one of her favorite moments was her bedtime, when they prayed together.
1: We'd say our prayers together in English, and then she'd say them in Polish, and I just thought that was so awesome. And she'd always listen to me, but my mother was so extremely jealous that she would not let me stay with my grandmother. You know, she'd see that I got along with my grandmother and that I was happy, and she couldn't give that to me, evidently. Mm-hmm. And I've learned over the years, you know, through going through years and years of therapy, that, you know, she had a lot of issues, too. Mm-hmm. And she's in her 80s now, and we, to this day, don't... She lives in Oregon, not very far away. But we just cannot be around each other because she's still a very hateful type person. And I've Mm -hmm. tried to reach out through... Going through years of counseling, and I I just can't do it. I've had to set boundaries and step away.
0: Yeah, sometimes that's what's necessary. So your grandmother was the first one who actually listened? Yes. What would you say to some... Because I hear this quite often people saying that I was not listened, and people didn't pay attention, and they didn't believe when I said that I wanted to do it. So what would you say to someone today who hears that from a loved
1: one? Please just reach out to someone, and if the first person doesn't hear you, just keep asking someone else and someone else. And back in my day when I was a teenager, and even years after, we didn't have as much, um, we didn't have places to go or books or therapists or counseling or medication or didn't come resources, that Resources, yeah. Yeah. A lot of resources are out there now, but a lot of people still don't know how to reach the resources or to ask for help, which is a lot of people that have depression, anxiety, bipolar, as I do, we've been put down I guess a lot by society, friends, family that we're almost afraid to ask for help. So we think we can do it by ourselves and you cannot do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you do it. need support, you need support, help. support system.
0: Exactly. exactly. Friends, family, whoever is around mm-hmm. will be willing to listen. And also, and it's a myth that uh, we we see that all the time, people saying that well, if you
1: really want to do it, you don't say it. You just go ahead and do it. And, and that's the worst trigger that someone can tell you.
0: Really? Is Did it have to do it? You?
1: Yes. Oh my and God. so that's why I, I tried several attempts because I felt like, well, no one is going to listen anyway, so what difference does it make if I, you know, do this?
0: Mhm. So. What would you say to this person who just listened to someone? Say, I'm going to do it. What is, what is the kind way to approach
1: this person? What helped you? I had a person in my life three years ago that said, what can I do to help you?
0: Mm-hmm. It's so simple, isn't it? It's such a simple question.
1: And I was, I just sat there in awe like, oh, my God, are you serious? You really want to help me? You don't think I'm weird or you don't think I'm crazy or you really want to help me? It's like, oh, my God, I couldn't reach out to that person enough when I heard that because I'd never had that kind of help really before. Mm-hmm. You know, And it was very sincere and very genuine, and when I looked into this person's face, it was like right there, like, wow, this is just amazing. It It's just
0: reaching out right it is reach out and you may not find in the first person you approach Mm -hmm. maybe not within your family and it's not because they're bad sometimes it's just because they really don't understand
1: or they're going through pain themselves and they can't help exactly in fact i still have um, several members of my family i've had to set boundaries and You know, like I will call them once a year to say, hi, how's it going? And they'll say, oh, are you still sick? Or something like that. And I just say, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, peace be with you. And Mm -hmm. you know, I'll talk to you at another time. And I just hang up because I I am not gonna go back to the deep hole where I was years ago. I've come way too far. And that's very important, setting boundaries,
0: isn't it? Because sometimes you do want someone in your life Mm -hmm. And it's just not healthy. Mm. I don't
1: have a lot of friends, but I have true, genuine friends.
0: These are the ones, that and those are really the ones help. that are important to me. Yeah.
1: Rather than having a thousand friends on Facebook that you don't even know, those people, and they really don't even know you. And coming to terms with the fact that not everyone
0: will be ha- will be able to help, correct. Because it's hard. Sometimes you do want your sister or your brother or your mom, your dad. Yes. I want that help. I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. Who else can you reach out to, right?
1: Well, some of my best friends are my therapists. (laughs) (laughs) I think people with mental health, sometimes as you grow up, you aren't hateful but a lot of people perceive you as hateful Mm -hmm. because you come across that way, because you're angry um, more at yourself than someone else, but sometimes it's just the way that you have to express yourself to get help. You know, you scream, you know, you don't understand me, please help me. And so they, they don't get it, you know, or they don't know what to do. And if they would just pick up 911 and call professional people or, you know or take you to the hospital and let the professional people help you.
0: Yes, and that's that's another important point too because from what you told me, um, you've had great experience with mental health with the system and therapy, but you always had tough times
1: yes. when you needed
0: help and, You just couldn't find a doctor to listen to you or to give you right medication Mm -hmm. or to even listen to your symptoms or this medication is not working and that's very important for those who are struggling with mental illnesses that they need to learn how to
1: advocate for themselves and it's very hard you have to reach way down in there and it i i kind of had a few years where i was very selfish almost to the point where i was just worried about me, so like I had to get housing, I'd lived in my car for eight months when I was 62 years old.
0: If you want more information about suicide, my book is now available on Amazon, both in paperback and digital formats. Just type in the title, Understanding Suicide, or My Name, Paula Fontinelli. The book was written for people like you and it's the result of more than 10 years of conversations with families who lost loved ones to suicide, individuals who attempted suicide, specialists and mental health professionals.
1: Thank you for your support. Now back to the interview. The only person that will help you sometimes is yourself to get a start, but if you ask for help and somebody just kind of ignores you or whatever, just ask the next person or find another avenue or, you know, nowadays we have suicide line phone numbers and I have it like in my wallet. I have one in my car. I have it on my refrigerator. I have it on the back of my front door because I never know, you know, I will never be totally healed. Mm -hmm. And so I never know if something's gonna trigger me Mm -hmm. even though I'm taking medication that's been working great for three years. Maybe something will happen or somebody will say something from my past and it's like I don't want to go to that dark spot anymore. So be aware of the of that. Correct. And, and yeah. also
0: medication, it's good that you mentioned. Medication doesn't always work and it takes time and sometimes it takes finding the right dosage, mm-hmm. the right medication
1: and it, it, it needs, you need patience, right? And you need to be very honest with your doctors, your counselors, it's like don't try to sugarcoat it. Just because you have an appointment, just don't go and say, hi, I'm fine, yeah, I'm doing great, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if you're hurting or you have a question or you think the medications aren't working, you need to speak up because they don't know. You're there for maybe 20 minutes to an hour And so they see you and you look fine on the outside. Well, I can tell you from experience, just because I look great on the outside doesn't mean I'm going to go to my car and sit there and ball for an hour and a half. Yes. And you need to be able to say that. Correct. And, like, there's been times where I've stayed in my apartment for a whole week at a time and never stepped out to go to the grocery store, nothing. I didn't want to even get out of my pajamas, and I didn't take a shower for several days, and I was just in a deep hole. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people wouldn't check on me, or, you know, they didn't know. Because what goes on behind closed doors, people, people don't know unless you There's open There's no door.
0: way to know, really, right? No. And you need to be patient. Also, the doctor, it doesn't mean that the first doctor you see is
1: going to work. I have actually fired doctors that say, well, you just need to take your medication and you need to, you know, work on it. Well, okay, but how do I do that? Because I'm in such a fog with my illness, you know. I know my medications aren't working, so how much longer do I have to wait? Well, there is no answer. Each person is different. But you can't blame yourself if the medications don't work. You can't blame yourself because these people don't understand you if you're not saying the words like, No, the medication is not working. Can I try something else? Or are you willing to help me with something else? And if they aren't, then find someone else that will. Yes, yes.
0: Don't get stuck with the first doctor you see. Same thing with therapy, right? Correct. Therapist, it has to click. You have to feel that you are being heard. There has to be a connection there. How did that help you? Or how is it helping you? Because you told me you're still doing that. Well,
1: I I went through a lot of therapy. A lot of times, um, you know, I'd go in and I felt like I was okay while I was in there. And then once I left, I still had more questions and everything. Well, if you still have more questions, then make that phone call. Or walk back in there and say, you know what? I think I I need more help. I don't think I got to where I need to be to be safe. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I would say, you know, can you make me an appointment for tomorrow? Or is there... A support group and honestly there are not enough support groups for people with depression and anxiety and bipolar and schizophrenia and all these things. Mm-hmm. There really isn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, or there is and you find one but it's not enough. It, it, it all depends on... on right. On some, some
1: counties have great groups with the same name mm-hmm. and then you'll go to like Washington County had some great support groups Multnomah County is huge and when I I moved from Washington County to Multnomah County I was like totally appalled and some places say well you can't come here because you live in Multnomah County and that's the biggest problem I've had Um, and I've actually been in contact this past year and two years with different corporations that I'm working with now and To get rid of that, because it shouldn't matter where you live. If you need help, you need help. You need help. It's like just because I live on this side of the street, you're not going to help me, or I live on. That's just so wrong. Uh huh.
0: But uh, how do you, if if we have someone listening to us right now who is at risk for suicide, how can he or she help themselves? So find a doctor. If the first one doesn't work, try to find another one until you you find a doctor who
1: really listens, yes, and who believes in you, who doesn't judge. And one thing to remember is that when you do call these people for help, or you go into a place and say, "Hey, I need help," you know, you find an organization Mm -hmm. or a company that you know deals with mental health issues. Not everyone's gonna click with you. You know, there's always that problem in your workplace, and your friends, any, any relationship, and maybe it was just a bad day, mm-hmm. and you didn't click with that person. Mm-hmm. Don't give up, right? No, do not give up. And a lot of times, um, I've had two of my friends that I was at home, and I would say something like kind of jokingly, as they thought it was joking, and it really wasn't, it's like, well, you know, I don't even want to live anymore. And The next thing I know, I was still on the phone with my friend. She says, hold on a second, I gotta go do something. She actually called 911 and the police came to my home and brought a mental health therapist. And I went to the hospital and got the help that I needed. And I didn't think I was there yet. Once I went to the hospital, I was really close. You you realize that, wow, that was a good friend. Yes. Right? So then I called them up, I,
0: yeah.
1: or they'd call, or they'd come up to the hospital to see me, and I, I'd, I'd, they'd go, I just came to see if you're okay, are you still mad at me? And I said, no, I was never mad at you. Thank you so much for yeah. helping me. That's a
0: that's a good point too, because sometimes we think, no, I'm I'm not going to do that because they're going to be upset with me. It's a matter of survival yeah. You're saving their lives,
1: so don't don't think twice. Do call nine one one. Right, and even do that for yourself, because it it doesn't matter if you call nine one one. Someone's going to get you the help that you need, because they don't want you thinking that you're okay today, you know, five minutes after they talk to you and you know, the next day you're calling them again and the next maybe two days later you're calling them again. They're gonna see that this person really seriously needs help and you don't want to wait Till that time.
0: Do you have any services
1: that you would mention that has helped you in the past? I have gone to several NAMI it's N-A-M-I, National Alliance for Mental Health. Um, they have been kind of revamping the one in Multnomah County, and I'm now um, helping them do a lot. I had some severe medical problems the last six months, so I haven't been as active as I needed to be. Um, and so we are actually going out now. They have, I can't remember her first name, but we're actually going out to companies and like handing out suicide prevention Information mm-hmm. and getting the word out there because we don't feel like it's it's out there on where people can go to get help and you know to erase the stigma and mm-hmm. you know you're not a bad person if you ask for help and it's not about being uh, a coward Popular, either no. right because we hear that a lot oh person who does that is a coward and you're not at all you know we're we're all human we all make mistakes we're all very special people, you know, some, some people get diabetes, some people get alcoholism, some people get to be drug addicts, you know, and they all need help. So why should it be any different because you have a mental illness? Because you can't think properly, not every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be the top of your class, like I was a straight-A student, yeah. and I hardly had to work. I'm not a stupid person, but when it, it comes to mental... doesn't have anything to do with that, yeah. Exactly. It's like when it comes to mental health, it's like, I don't know why I thought when I was much younger, in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and, and, you know, did things that I look back now, and I'm like, wow, all I had to do was ask for help. It doesn't mean that you're crazy or that you're stupid or you're dumb for making those decisions. And a lot of times, like I've learned through years of counseling and hospitalizations, that... Listening to others, like in a group setting, that really helped me a lot. Group therapy. Yes. And support groups. At first I wouldn't talk. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'll probably never see these people. I don't know their network of people. Yeah, and then I thought, well, you know what? I'm here to get support. And if I don't help myself, then I'm not going to get my needs met. And these people are talking about their stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it's a lot of hard work it is because yeah. we've been told well you're not good enough or you know oh well, you have bipolar or you have depression and you become a diagnosis right yeah, yeah. and not a person and yeah, we're all human beings and we need yeah. to be treated with dignity and respect for ourselves and others and
0: I, uh, support groups are very helpful I interviewed um, a counselor who facilitates a support group for survivors, so people who lost loved ones to suicide. And she, it's exactly what you told me in the beginning, Leslie Storm, and if the listener wants, you can find the interview on in my podcast. So Leslie told me, at first they just sit and they look around and it takes a while for you to talk because it does. you have to trust. You have, you have to, to trust. Let go of sister. your fear. Yeah, let go of your fear. There is a lot of shame associated with mental illness. As you said, you spend sometimes your whole life listening you're not good enough. So you, mm-hmm. have to, you have to believe that what you're going to say is going to be respected and not judged. So it takes a while, but it's worth it. It, it does help.
1: And I think a lot of us, um, when we're told we're not good enough, a lot of us are actually overachievers, and we try to be perfectionists. And no one's perfect, mm-hmm. so I would put myself down all the time because I didn't, you know, do something exactly the way someone else thought it was right or thought yes. it should be. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just not the way I want to do things. So do your thing and listen. So to do yourself my own thing. <laughs> Yeah, don't judge yourself. It's very hard nowadays, um, you know, it, we live in such a fast-paced world and everybody thinks they have to, you know, be like Mr. Jones or do all this stuff. And all we have to do is just be ourselves. And take care of yourself, right? Exactly. And Please. I still find myself, you know, I'm like, I have a list and I, I do three things for myself every day. day.
0: Mhm. Of
1: those. I have to get up, I have to get out of bed, get dressed, take a shower, get dressed, and eat. Even if I eat five little meals a day, mm-hmm. it makes me more healthy. So self-care. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I do those same three things. And I don't make a lot of lists because sometimes that's way overwhelming for me. Yes. So I just do those three. And then since I've gotten better in the last couple of years, it's like... My, my new one the last three years is to make one person smile a day. That's a good goal. I don't care day. if it's opening the door for someone at the grocery uh-huh. store or uh-huh. helping someone push the grocery cart back in the But see a smile the store. or
0: provoke it. Yeah, a smile because when
1: my ex um, helped me three years ago. It was just amazing to see the smile on his face when I started getting better. Yeah. And so now it's like, wow, you know what? Maybe I just need to make one person smile a day. And it's incredible how much it makes you have self-worth and you feel so much better about yourself and it doesn't cost you anything.
0: No. That's a That's a great message. Thank you, Doree. Thank Thank you you, so much. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for being here with me and for bringing this message of hope and really precious tips that you gave us today.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) I hope it helps. uh, Even if it helps one person by one little sentence or statement that I've made, then I know it works. And it'll work. You just have to work at it.
0: I am sure it will. I am sure it will. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you. You've been listening to Understand Suicide, the podcast of journalist and therapist Paola Fontanelli. If you've been touched by suicide and believe your story might help others, please consider contacting Paula through her website, understandsuicide.com.